listen, listen, we're, we're, we're just trying to get this conversation up and started. You almost make me feel like, do I give, do I give Tarantula a, a freaking intro, bro? Or do, or do we just roll into it? Because this is like our sound clash friend, our producer friend, our guy that talks to things. You know and I mean, but this man right here has out a new EP called Working Hours. You understand? And this is more like a concept album, an album that definitely is going to get you into the sound clash vibe. And it talks to things. Tarantula, no formal intro because you actually gave it to yourself. What's going on, my brother? Yo, just there. You know what I mean? Just just here. Um, here to discuss working hours, volume one, the Sound Clash edition. Um, you know, it's a it's a series. It's gonna be an EP series that myself and my good good friend Dreddy, mm-hmm. producer extraordinaire Dreddy, um, you know, we decided we're gonna do this essentially for the culture. And um, yeah, it's it's gonna be a good vibes. Good to go. Good vibes. I'm looking I'm looking forward to you know, hearing your feedback on the project, you know, and as well as, you know, the other feedback as the masses, you know, begin to gravitate to it and all of these things. From there, because you say you're working with Dreddy. How did you even connect with Dreddy in the first place? Long story short, um, what happened was how I connected with Dreddy was my beloved manager, Latoya Webley, um, she linked up the two of us and, you know, on a, on a completely different project. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we linked up and, you know, we hit it off because Dreddy is from the same culture as we are, you know. He's our, you know, he's our UK youth, he's our Badlands youth, you know what I'm saying? And he has his connections to enough of the Badlands sound, them, you know, the Amatals and the Love Injections and them kind of sound, you know. And he's a, he's, a, he's a grown man, you know, you know, in our age bracket and things. So it's like, you know, he's from that world. So when the idea for this, you know, came up, it was just like, yeah, let's do it. And, you know, we just got to work on it. And, you know, within a couple months time, the songs are done. We're practically not just this EP. We're pretty much almost finished with the next one as well. Working hours, bro. It's really working hours. Nonstop, nonstop. Even with, uh, because you said he's of the culture, you're clearly sound clashes, your background production is your background. And so, but why a sound EP right now in 2023? Because I know like in the, like in the eighties and even the early nineties, it put them out with like Fuzzy Jones was on the intro. You have songs with like Comic right. Road, John Mouse, mm-hmm. all, you know what I mean? Thriller, you, all of those singers, Jammies will put them out, Black Scorpio will put them out. Why do you decide now is a good time to actually put out one of these type of EPs right now? To be quite honest, I, I've always felt that those kind of songs, those Soundboy tunes, 45, were missing from present-day culture. Mm-hmm. So it was, a, it was a nod to the past as far as, you know, doing something like that in these times. And not to mention, you know, the sound system culture that exists, the sound clash culture that's here now, it is an entire subculture of itself. And... I just felt like it deserved more attention from the creatives on the other side of the music aisle, the producers and the artists. So I figured instead of complaining about it, just do it. And thus, here we are. Right there, because definitely, again, as I said, probably the only thing you're probably missing is a 
modern day Fuzzy Jones. They give you those crazy intros. But when it comes to selection, song selection, rhythm, and lyrics, zero missing. Zero. Respect, respect. Yeah, we wanted to do um we wanted to do original rhythms. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also wanted it to have a certain familiarity. So soundmen wouldn't have problems if they wanted to play the songs, even in 45 clashes or in juggling or cut the songs on dub, they can cut them on the original 45 rhythm mm-hmm. and it would still seamlessly, you know, fit into certain jugglings of here. So we just figured we'd do it that way. And, but at the same time, keep it original, you know? Mm-hmm. So definitely it's five, five tracks two bonus tracks right there. I want to go through some of these tracks and then we're going to get deeper down in here. All right. Yeah. All right. So then let's go. One of my favorite tracks because of how you did it was one called Songboy Funeral. What I liked about it, it's almost like an acoustic style, but you could hear the beatboxing and everything. Tell me how you came up with that one there. Well, truthfully, I've done dub plates like this, you know, purely a cappella, you know, humming the bass line. And I mean, even in our last interview, I was talking about how, you know, I beatbox the style on a couple of dubs and things of that nature. So I wanted to I wanted to drop one of those on this EP just to kind of just to kind of showcase the range and set off the project, you know, with that being the first song on there. I wanted it to set the project off properly. So I figured the best way to do that would be to, you know, do a acapella, almost an intro kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So Definitely. And then you went right into this next song here now called Pussy Feelings. What I like about it, it's almost written from a female perspective when it comes to the Sound Clash arena. It's from a story about... If certain man never saw Liam, that Sanya wouldn't need to buy But through so much of them, that the business is like, nah, I'm shy. The next clear. Woman in common, she respects her no way So she love this own thing that she a look one for play through She had the brother shoot him shot but she refused it Tell him I know that she dep and not just music Him tell her Friday come juggle the machine She text him my phone the night message go green All she did want was a chance to perform She never knew I saw him with a guard How did you even conceptualize a song like that in the first place? Well, the entire project in and of itself is a concept project. And um, I wanted to I wanted to embody the perspective of a SoundClash fan. I didn't want to put myself in the space of a artist or, you know, even a sound man, my sound, a murder, all of that good stuff. That's cool. But I wanted to I wanted to get into the perspective of a fan. You know, you have the regular fan that and then you have the critic. And with that particular song, I wanted to, that was one of those things where it was like, let me just try this from the female perspective 
you know, some stories you hear over the years, whether they're true or not, notwithstanding, you know, you just kind of say, all right, I'm going to put this on the project and let it start whatever conversation it's going to start because the, the entire intention of the project is to start a conversation. So that particular song is going to be, um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be one of those songs where when people hear it, it's going to be like, brother, we are talking. It's really no one in particular. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not a custom or it's not even based in anything particular that is like, you know, truthful. What, how do they say it with the movies? Um, any similarity mm-hmm. to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, that's your disclaimer right now. Don't right. worry. Right. This is a fictitious work and mm-hmm. any similarity to, you know, and then you put in the fine print way at the bottom, like on the BMF, um, 50 cent BMF show, mm-hmm. but some of this shit may have actually happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. but the truth is it, it was, it was going into the concept. Um, songwriting is a lot like method acting mm-hmm. in that regard. Um, when you're writing for another artist, you have to, in essence, you have to personify them in many ways you have to channel them their their persona and you know their spirit almost and say things in the way that they would say it so in this particular project it was me musically method acting you could say from the perspective of the clash fan from that point right there so even that do you think it's really Harder for a woman in the sound world, sound clash world. That's why we don't see so many top tier females in the business. My actual opinion in regards to that is harder in some ways, maybe, mm-hmm. um, in other ways, not so much. Um, you know, women are, you know, with talent, let's put it that way. In a lot of ways, they're easier to market. In a lot of ways, you know, they face certain obstacles that men don't necessarily face. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, um, what's the word I want to use? I don't want to say the learning curve, mm-hmm. but the, the way their experience is graded because of the fact that they're female, it's, it's, it's different. People tend to take a different approach mm-hmm. to it. Um, this would be best answered by a woman because I can't really fully get into their experience, but. I will say that, yeah, there are certain difficulties that men don't face. And then there, at the same time, there are certain perks that men don't face either. From that point, who would you say are three of the baddest female selectors you ever came across? Um, Tasha Roses. 100%. Yeah. Tasha Roses. Yeah. Big up Tasha anywhere she at. Um, who else could I say? Um, Selectors. When I, when I think of, when you say selectors, you know, cause there are plenty of females that can select and mix, but I wanted to highlight the ones that speak as well. Mm. So, you know, you know, Diamond Sunshine would be one S class. Why isn't that? You don't know the team go already. So, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that I'm a son, you know, but yeah, big up S class, you know, the cuter shooter, you know, Shabad. So, you know, those two come to mind, especially in recent times. Um, throughout the years, mm-hmm. 
throughout the years, you know, you start talking about like Susie Q and you know what I mean? Them, them, but, 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 you know, even though some would classify Susie Q as more of a radio jock with dubs, but let's keep it real. She did bad. You know what I mean? She did clear she, our dance. I mean, she bad. went into the arena sometimes. And she right? went into the clash arena mm-hmm. and she killed some salt. You know what I mean? You know, we're not going to call the names of the sounds that, you know, you know, she's, you know, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, you know. but regardless of which, if you, if you go look up Susie Q versus, mm-hmm. you'll find the clashes and sounds that she's killed. Yeah. Um, those names come to mind. And then, you know, like I said, the female selectresses that, um, that that select and mix Michelle from Northern Lights. She's she's definitely one that comes to mind. You know she's incredible. Um, you have an all female sound like Big Mama there in Germany. You know, and then you have the older, the older New York, the northern New York ladies, the prestige ladies, and the lady loves and you know them sound there. You know, you even have the three sixties and there's there's a lot of them over the years. You know, you have the Japan ladies. You have um. Speaking of Japan ladies, Bad Gal Marie, notorious. Notorious. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? And, you know, there's, there's, there's quite a few on the scene and, you know, they make their mark. Mm-hmm. So, so that song right there, Pussy Feelings, I'm pretty sure when they're on the battlefield, that's going to be one of the songs that they're first going to draw for, if anything, you understand? Truth be told, it, um, it's a concept. The, the overall concept of the song is one of those concepts that apply to, or should I say can apply to all different walks of life, mm-hmm. you know, different females who are, you know, on different paths, whether professional or otherwise have encountered situations such as that. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to flip it in a sound system clash kind of way because of the concept of the EP, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But Let's be honest here. That's a universal concept. You know that already. Mm-hmm. 100% there. All right. This song is where you went into your bag right now. This one called Leave Clash Alone. <laughs> Working on us. It's going to musical thing called Talk. We need for talk. Coffee the business improves. Somehow we need for pop. A tarantula, you know. All right, Peter. One your name. I'm going to say it again. No selector, no say them no good and I pretend. Hunger get a forward when the crowd full of them friends. Still I lose the clash them even if them boss are spent. Them are not the left man then. This is where you gave them a style where your regular style, another style that sounded like Bounty Killer, another one that sounded like Michael Rose, and there was another voice you had in there. I can't really pick it up, but the way how you conceptualize that song right there, we need to walk through this one here. Talk to me about this one. When that song was done, it instantly felt like the single, you know, you, you don't really go in to the studio saying, okay, today I'm going to make a single, you know, it very rarely happens that way. You just kind of just do the song. And when that one happened, it was like, mm, this one right here, you know what I mean? And um, it effectively sums up the entire gist of the project. You know, in my opinion, you know, that song sums up the entire gist of what it is that we were trying to get across, you know, Dreddy and I, and the rhythm where the man build up, mm. it just, it did bad with the MT40 sounds, but, wow. you know, I said, the BS line, I everything different. And, if you know if I mean? you're not careful when you first put it in, you almost think there's something wrong with, with your sound or something, because there's a... Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And then you hear it rolling myself. What the clock? Yeah, because if you remember some of the older, um, you know, Jamie's um, mm-hmm. rhythms, they used to do a little false start in the mm-hmm. beginning. And then the rhythm would actually start. You know what I mean? Because you have to remember them time that it wasn't like USB sequencing. It was MIDI. So you kind of want to emulate that with the whole. Mm. Yeah, man. So that's where we went with it. You know what I mean? What made you decide to actually come up with so many voices in this one song here? Well, in fairness, it's, um, it's, these are things that I've done over the years, you know, with dub plates. And even with my older, you know, 45s, you know, I've, played around with different voices you know over the years so i didn't i wanted to keep that tradition alive and again brandish vocal range so to speak so that's how that came about right there and even when you say bum let's go deeper into this out here when you say leave clash alone now is there anybody in particular you're speaking to because this it was bosses mcs selectors so i wanted to everybody right I wanted to touch those different aspects, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, to where the fans could relate to a specific part, the sound man them could relate to a specific part, the boss them, the promoter them. I wanted to get, you know, just encompass the entire thing. I specifically, that was very deliberate. I was intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as individuals I'm speaking about, bro, that can apply to a lot of people. <laughs> You know what I mean? It it can apply to a lot of people. It's one of those songs where different parts of the song selectors creatively can use Mm -hmm. to highlight different, you know, situations. It's one of those convertible to dub play kind of songs. All of them are, but that one in particular, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the smart thing, what you did, you basically created a big business calling card where it's like okay now i have all all these songs so then instead of me always having to go into my mind and create these songs now you tell me which song you want off of this ep and i'll fix it up for you right now yeah because in fairness a lot of sound men over the years have been asking about you know yeah man when you're gonna start putting out some more regular tunes and because i mean in fairness Mm -hmm. you know the regular songs that i've had previously you're talking a decade ago, some in some cases, decade plus. So with that being said, it was just like, all right, I'm going to drop some Soundboy tunes mm-hmm. and just, you know, put them out there. Because I've spent so much time just doing the writing side of things. It's like, come on, we'll put out some sound, man. Let's have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Big, big, big there. Another song. This is another big, massive song on the EP2 called Tired. Long time me I tell myself I'm gonna stop go certain clash Cause I'm tired for hearing something like a idiot So now I'm playing a tune for my cash Tired for hearing the MC Them I go spam microphone and ball out them throat And the speech I'm gonna make is a year jacks Polyphemus sergeant Jimmy Spliff coat Tired of the hat in his same of the bar Tired of the season grand just smoke Tired for a wool up me and not the year three time Cause it was no no fake on board This is where you really went into your writing bag And really taught the things And this is the one where you sampled Firelinks at the beginning and later on in the song also but if you listen closely it almost almost seems like you're dissing Firelinks in this song here because of no. where because of where you had put the sample well yeah the way because when you say like alright um, the ball out them short line you know the best example 
of that, even though I wasn't necessarily speaking about him, mm-hmm. is Lynx. Let's keep it real. When Lynx screams on the microphone, it sounds wicked. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I mean? So if you want to, if you're going to use a scream, you know what I mean? A, a selector, you know, scream, and you want it to sound wicked out of our vibes, Lynx is pretty much your best option. You know what I mean? One of your best options. Maestro would be another one. But, you know, you have the... You have the much less talented um, contingent of selectors who are not as proficient in the art of emceeing as a Lynx or a Maestro or a Mataran or them guys. And when they scream, it doesn't... It just doesn't hit the same. (laughs) You know what I mean? And... You know, from a fan's perspective, again, that is what the song was was essentially highlighting. Um, yeah, it wasn't necessarily about, um, you know, Lynx's scream, for instance, but it was just a situation where, you know, that we just used that to illustrate the point, but it wasn't mm-hmm. Lynx in particular we were speaking of. It was the the much less talented in imitations of links let's mm-hmm. put it that way what makes somebody a talented mc you kind of know it when you hear it as a fan mm-hmm. um as a fan you know it when you hear it you know you know the way their speeches are put together first of all you can hear them when they're talking um they have a, a clear you know projection of their voice and what they're saying makes a certain degree of sense. Even if them just are cussed by until a wish part of your ancestor, it still has a, it has a ring to it where it's just like, kill that brother, you bad. You know what I mean? So it, 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 it's not necessarily a tone of voice. It's more, like I said, a projection. And then they have a certain level of aggression that it's not forced. It, you know, nothing about their persona is forced. It just seems authentic and natural. And, um, yeah, you know it as like like I said, as a fan, it's a it's a je ne sais quoi in the sense that you know it when you hear it, when you hear it, and when you see it, you know, okay, that's it right there. Mm-hmm. You, you've been in this business a long time now. You played sound, killed sound, got killed, everything in Soundclash. Could you think of one MC that had the hype that just never lived up to the hype there to their full potential? Full potential. Mm-hmm. Ooh. One MC. Okay. You over here trying to put the interrogation light in my face, like answer this. Um, one particular MC that never lived up to their full, full potential. Is it because of their own doing or could it be also circumstantial? It could be, it could be anything. They just never got to that upper echelon or even if they got there, they just never stayed there somebody that was just had that hype but just never lived up to the potential um hmm very 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 tough question mm-hmm. if i had to pick out a name okay i'm gonna rephrase this i'm gonna rephrase this because i want to make sure this comes across the right way mm-hmm. um there's an mc that i rate very highly that I would have loved to see kill a lot more sounds mm-hmm. than what he was able to kill, and that would be Winterfresh. I knew without Winterfresh is without doubt. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Winterfresh is alien level talent. 
You know what I mean? And yeah, I, as a fan, I wanted to hear him kill much more sounds than he was able to kill. You know what I'm saying to you in that, that, that glory period of Turbophonic and even, you know, his tenure at Aggies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Winterfresh is a selector where, yeah, man, definitely had, and, you know, I'm sure he's still playing out. So let's just say has in the present tense, mm-hmm. the potential to do a lot of damage, but yeah. Winterfresh comes to mind as a selector who, yeah, man, just let's be honest, bro. When, when the man first appeared on the scene, he was smacking a lot of people around, bro. Giants at that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man. I knew. You know, I, I had knew. to rephrase it just to make sure it didn't come across like me. I tried this the month because no he's a selector that I read in a major way. So, I knew when, when, when I, when I, ask you that question i knew almost even if it took you a while but i knew 100 percent the first name that will come to mind would be winterfresh because remember there was a group of bad mcs there was the winterfresh hitman from cataract charlie black's yeah, Odyssey, yeah and there was one other there was like a group of these bad mcs but think charlie black is really- another mm-hmm. one i'll give you a canadian one that i read who is just another ridiculous level of talent. You see that you when the Steenie? Yeah, him. Listen. Him. When that the man that they are play a fresh dog. Oh my God. Yeah. Big up Steenie anyway, him the man. I'm a G that. Yeah, man. But let's I'm not talk about it. Ras Blacks either. Cause you don't know it's a Ras Blacks are different, different, different smuddy. So mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Big up blacks, big up the whole reaction fund. I'm a G them dog. So you know that yeah. your, your Canadian link is always strong. You understand? Yeah. Yeah, so those those are particular MCs who I think are just alien level talents who I would love to have seen kill a lot more sounds. But the business is the business. And you know, there's a million and one reasons why things do or don't happen when it comes to sound crash. When it comes to that way. Got you. Mm-hmm. Another song on this EP here, working hours, you're not good. John was a fun man. Read the board and realize to them selector and I shoot. Full time now, me tell them the truth. Me and your son, I mean, I like it. Everything you hear, true. I play your own go vicey. Recycle speed, you by use a try IP. When in the connect, you start balling. And this one here is like an updated type of. You could dance on this rhythm here. It's not a real rude boy, rubber dubby type of rhythm with another right. set of fire lyrics, boss. Your pen game, yeah. sick. Talk about this one. Yeah. Respect. You know, good was a um. This was really the embodiment of a fan perspective. I just tried to give different spins on it on different types of rhythms. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you know, good is more of a. You could say late nineties, early two thousands dancehall bushman kind of boom, 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 kind of rhythm. You know what I'm saying? Like like I said, Dreddy is such a versatile producer. So you know, it was. He just gave me a batch of tracks and then I picked out the ones that I wanted and, you know what I mean, just kind of arranged them how I wanted to arrange them. And yeah, the song just naturally happened. So, you know, good was essentially, it's not even me speaking as Tarantula, so to speak. I'm speaking from the point of view of a fan, you know, just kind of trying to project the thoughts of of a Clash fan in that particular setting, like, you know, good. You know what I mean? Like, cause let's be real. Like a lot of, 
a lot of fans over the years have had that opinion about, you know, different selectors and different sounds. Shit, some of them had that opinion about me. It just comes, it comes with the game. You know what I mean? So once, once you're on the court and you're shooting, anybody has anything to say because you're on the court shooting. You understand? Yeah, that's it. That's it. You put the paint on the canvas, you hang it up on the wall. You can't tell people what to see when they look at it. So it just is what it is. Yeah. So even as a fan perspective now, because I, one of these songs you're talking about, these guys were playing wicked all night and then lost in tune for tune and stuff like So you as an individual now that's been on the battlefield and then you've also been a fan of the class, do you really think tune for tune should really define an entire dance, especially if you weren't leading the first part of the dance? Um... It's a situational thing because in some dances, you can see it as the climax mm -hmm. of certain things. Um, in other dances, not so much. You can tell a sound's been getting smacked around all night. And, you know, but it's, it's one of those situations where, you know, it depends on how you want to look at Clash in general. Mm -hmm. If you want to look at it in terms of a boxing fight, then you can say, okay, the sound that's been smacking the other one all night is leading on points. And then all of a sudden they just get knocked down with a punch and they don't get up. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, the clash with Mighty Crown would be a good example of exactly what I'm talking about, even though it wasn't even June for June. Mm -hmm. It was right before June for June when they dropped the white club. But mm -hmm. that, that could be an example of something like that. But in other dances, it's like, as a fan, you're watching the dance and you're like, yo, that's Sonya dead. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you almost want to leave. You almost want to leave the dance on guy your yard because as far as you're concerned, the dance done already. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, it's like, it, it, it's a situational thing um, with tune for tune. One-on-one -on -one clashes, you know, especially because the best dances are the back and forth ones where it's mm -hmm. like drama. You know what I'm saying? To you, you know, just boom, it's a slugfest. It's a fight. Mm -hmm. In that, yeah, you need tune for tune. And it does what it's supposed to do. Um, but yeah, some sounds are, some selectors in essence are better at tune for tune style of playing as opposed to juggling. So everybody's just going to lean to their strength. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Come on, bro. We come from an era where man used to call tune for tune after second round. When him realized, hey, my Lou is done. Boss, tune for tune. The dance just, it, it's, it's not even like you've just finished playing your maybe your first half hour, your second yeah. half hour. I don't want you to tune right now, now I'm glad to dance. Because, you know, your back is against the wall and you know, say you have a certain song and they'll call for it. Mm -hmm. You don't always get it, but we've seen it, you know, coming from that era, we've seen it. For sure. Was there ever a time where you could think of a bum when you're on Poison Dart and that happened where you guys were leading most of the dance? and then came and died in tune for tune, or you guys were struggling most of the dance and then came back and won in tune for tune? Leaning the dance, lost in tune for tune, Rhythm Clash 2009 comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Because City Lock definitely crept their way into the tune for tune and then managed to win it. We discussed the whole, yeah, we discussed that debacle already. Um, let's see, struggling throughout... Mm. Maybe the dance with us and Crown versus Reaction and Fresh. Mm. Because Crown pretty much 
they carried it for most of the night. We got off to a pretty slow start. But later on in the dance, we started to do, you know, we started to get really good forward, them and boom, 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 especially in the, you know, the tune for tune portion of the dance and thing. But yeah, that would be a dance where, you know, but that's a tag team, so it's kind of hard to judge it. Uh, let's see. But yeah, when it's happened to us, even when we played Trooper, mm-hmm. we played Trooper, kicked him around all night, and Kurt decided to give him a tune for tune because he wanted to reenact that classic 96 audio, and Trooper just sprang back to life almost. You would have thought it was two different dances you were listening to. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it happens. It happens. Definitely there. Before we even get too far away from this this EP here, Working Hours, why did you even decide to name it Working Hours right now, too? Come on, you know what the brand is. I work, you know, as you know. And quite frankly, it was, um, it just suited what it was that Dreddy and I were up to mm-hmm. as far as just working on music because we were just in a musical space where we just decided we were just going to make what we wanted to hear. You know what I mean? And that there's a lot of that going out around in the, in the industry, all genres, you know, you have quite a few artists and producers that are just tired of complaining about what isn't on the market mm-hmm. and just deciding, you know what, we're just going to make it and we're going to put it out and see, you know, how many people tend to think it's cool or if anyone thinks it's cool as much as we do mm-hmm. and just go from there. You know what I mean? So you find that a lot going on. And this is the Sound Clash edition. There are going to be other editions because we're attacking all genres, to be honest with you. That's we just wanted to start with this one because this is the world we come from. Mm-hmm. The good thing with it is, remember, it's not like one time where you have to go into like a million dollar studio. Okay, you could only rent an hour or two and get it done. Nowadays, it's like you could take your time. You're doing, you're engineering, you're producing, you and a partner's producing stuff. So listen, we could put out all type of stuff that we want opposed to where we have to just give what we think the market wants all the time. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a lot easier now in that regard um, as far as, you know, what you can offer junk you public because like you said there's you know there's not as much gatekeeping and there's good and bad to that you know what i mean because you know a lot of things wouldn't have made it past quality control as you know mm-hmm. and you know because there isn't much quality control now they're out mm-hmm. but um yeah it's a lot easier to kind of deliver what it is that you create to the masses the only thing is is that now because it's so easy the market tends to be saturated. So you have to find creative ways to cut through, you know, everything that's going on and just find your space in the midst of everything. Mm-hmm. When is uh, the full EP going to be available? May 19th. Mm-hmm. May 19th. Um, in the event that this comes out before the release date, it is May hint, 19th. Hint, 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 nudge, nudge. I got you. Right. In the event, you know, because anything is possible. Anything. May 19th is it. And um, like I said, man, Dreddy and I, you know, we're kind of, we're, I won't even say kind of, we are very excited about this project. Mm -hmm. We are extremely excited about this project. Um, Looking forward to the feedback, not just from sound men, but from fans. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so. Is there, is there anything you put in this EP, like a little Easter eggs where it's only probably 10 people on earth is going to really listen to that line there or something and really get it a hundred percent. They're going to call you right away. Say, I heard what you did, you know, boss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Specifically because there are situations and scenarios that I mentioned in, throughout these songs that a lot of, not just fans, but selectors and even sound owners and even promoters mm -hmm. are going to relate to. And it's going to strike a nerve instantly, mm -hmm. which is exactly what we wanted to do. We wanted to strike various chords in all segments of the business and just, you know, hopefully start a conversation, if not just a conversation, you know, just let it be a contribution to, you know, the world that is sound clash culture. Mm -hmm. And how many songs didn't make the EP? <laughs> More than what's on there. Let's put it that way. <laughs> More than what's on there. Um, yeah, we'll more than likely put out another one before the year is done. Okay. More than likely. Just to, you know, feed the beast. Um, but yeah, more than what's on there did not make the EP. This particular EP. Mm -hmm. Cause like I said, there's various topics, there's various genres. It yeah. It's just working hours, which yep. is why, you know, the title is what it is. Mm -hmm. I can't even tell you how many volumes of working hours it's going to be. So just working hours. You've traveled the globe. You've been in big venues, small venues, all type of venues. What's the biggest forward you either per personally witnessed from you playing sound or seeing somebody else with the biggest forward you've ever seen in your life? Biggest forward I've ever seen. Debt Before Dishonor 2004 comes to mind. Those forwards we got in Jamaica were ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And the forwards that Panta and Mataran and them were getting that same night were crazy. Just pure one, you know, six, 7,000 people. Like, yeah, it was nuts. Um, let's see, Rhythm Clash 2009 is another example. Mm -hmm. um, some... I saw some crazy forwards in Amazora, based out of CN Soul Supreme. Um, what else? See some really big forwards, even in Toronto. Mm -hmm. You know, Ron Nelson, Fully Loaded Dance. Um, the next um, tag team clash, I believe, was that one? There was a clash we did. I think it was downtown. It was at the government mm -hmm. in the Orange Room. It was one of Ron Nelson dances. That one had some big forwards. I've seen a lot of, you know, mm -hmm. over the years, a lot of huge forwards. And then there's the video clips from some of my dubs where it's just like, I'm just looking at the phone like, oh shit, this mud, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay, if we're going forward, so then let's go to Ying and let's go Yang. Biggest boo either you've received or you've seen somebody get the craziest boo ever out there. Um, I got a big one versus Mighty Crown. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen I've seen Trooper get some boos. I've seen Panta get some boos. I've seen Mataran get some boos. All of the greats. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Who else have I seen get some booze? Mm. Social Green Base, I see a couple booze rained out. Um, I've seen my dubs get booze, you know. Okay. Not necessarily seen it, but I've heard it on mm-hmm. the audio, you know. Here's this. And this is the thing where when it comes to these dub plates, these custom dubs, you can't do over 600 customs and none of them ever get booed. Mm-hmm. It's not, it just, just by simple mathematics, you know, that's not going to happen. So, but yeah, I've, I've, I've heard some of my dubs get some, some rascal, you know, just played at the wrong time or, you know, maybe the wrong line was said about the wrong person at the wrong part of the dance. Or, mm-hmm. You never know. It just, that's clash. So mm-hmm. you just kind of take it on the chin and you keep it moving. But that's part of the business. That's part of the sport. That's part of, even if you're not in the ring mm-hmm. yourself, you put your voice in the ring. That's part of how it goes. You got to get the boo today. So you get the forward tomorrow. That That is definitely it. It's, it's interesting because, you know, we were talking about stand-up comedy off the air and, you know, it, it's very similar to that in the sense that when you've never been booed before, the thought of being booed feels like death. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh my God. But once it happens and you realize you're still alive, that's when you become fearless and you just, you push through it. So through there. You're talking about you seeing some of the greats get some biggest forwards, biggest booze. We're talking about some of the dinosaurs like Squingy, Mataran, mm-hmm. Firelings, Ricky Chupa, Pink Panther. Out of that, that's the five di- dinosaurs there. Who else would you say is supposed to be inducted into that Hall of Fame? They either missed them or they came up now and said, this person should be in that hall there. Well, funny thing is, Mataran was the first person I heard mention that whole dinosaur situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mentioning that generation of him, Panta, Squidgy, Trooper, and Lynx. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the Hall of Fame is concerned, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. You got to go back before even that generation. You know, you got to go. And I don't even want to talk about the Jaskru and the Inspector Willie and the Ailawi and I don't even, and the Donny Dread, I don't even want to talk about that era. Mm-hmm. You got to talk about the Captain Midnight and, you know what I'm saying, to the Rory and the Johnny and, you know what I'm saying, to Dem Selector, the, the, um, you know what I'm saying, Mark Dragon, Glamour We and, you know, that era. You know what I'm saying to you, you have your Jagger B, your Claude, you have, you know, it, there's, there's, you can go before the generation that Mataran was mentioning when you're talking Hall of Fame. You have Nuts from Super D, you have Eon from Roadstar, you have it. It's just, it's too many to name. It's just, you know, even Froggy, you know what I'm saying? But a, but a general, you know what I'm saying? Pieces, like, there's just so many to mention. So, yeah, that when you're talking Hall of Fame, it's a very big club. Mm-hmm. It's a big club. It's bigger than just the five dinosaurs. Now, when you talk about the transitioning into the world clash era where sound clash became more of a spectacle mm-hmm. as opposed to just an audio experience, big stage, bright lights, it became, it was a clash of just as much your eyes as your ears. When you talk about that and you talk about the five superstars of that era, mm-hmm. Mataran, Squinji, Panta, Trupa, 
and links, you know, and then you, you know, you add in the mighty crowns and the Rodigans and, you know, things of that nature. But yeah, yeah, it is what it is. But the Hall of Fame is a very big club. It's not just them five. Mm-hmm. In so my what, opinion. So why do you think it's only generally those five gets mentioned opposed to the slew of selectors that came before them and did crazy, if not crazier things? Think about the think about the age of the average clash fan now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh the majority of them are in our age bracket maybe a few years older, maybe a few years younger. Mm-hmm. So that era becomes, like I said, the highlight of it. Then you add, you add the advent of video and cassette, you know what I'm saying to you? And then you add YouTube and social media and things of that nature, footage that's easier to find and, you know, them kind of something. So when you put all of that together in a pot now, it makes sense that these guys would have you know, more visibility than even to say the era before, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? There are people that have just recently gotten into clash that have never heard of bodyguard audio. You know what I'm saying? They've never heard of super D audio. They've never even heard of four by four Exodus audio. You know what I'm saying to you or a jam rock or, you know, so to speak. So with that being said, it becomes a situation where naturally and we tend to be prisoners of the moment at times, but mm-hmm. you know, with this, with the, with the, with the spectacle of clash, you know, and the marketing that came behind the world clash era, cause you know, in my opinion, you have the live artists. Well, before that you have the dub era, like the tubbies on the channel one and you have that era, mm-hmm. live artist era, dub plate era, as you know, we, sometimes we call it the Biltmore era, but dub plate as far as. You know, and then you have, in my opinion, the world clash era after that. Mm-hmm. And this era, you can call it the post world clash era, so to speak. You know what I mean? So yeah, in the world clash era is the bright lights, big stage superstars. Mm-hmm. And those five, they were the stars that kind of ushered in that world clash era in essence. That's those cool. five plus mighty crown. And then. It just I just saw go. The fact that you could articulate it that way where now it makes sense because everybody's been having this argument. Oh no, there's more than five. There's actually this person, that person. But once you break it down the way how you broke it down and put in a nice neat box with a bow on it, it becomes totally understandable why we talk about these five dinosaurs yeah, right here. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. They were easily the most visible. In a time when Clash was the most visible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you take that, them being the most visible, and then Clash itself being the most visible. It just makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So Makes sense. You you love Clash. You, you've been talking about from Tubby's days, from Just Screw, all up to the dinosaurs, everybody, Addies, everybody in between. What would you think are some, uh, probably like three things that's missing from the Sound Clash arena that used to be there before, that's no longer there, that just doesn't give it that same mm, about it? Soundboy tunes. Thus, the EP. Smart one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Smart one. That's the first thing that stands out is mm-hmm. um, Soundboy Tunes, the, the relationship between the artist and production side of dancehall and reggae. 
between that side and the sound system, mm-hmm. sound owner selector side, that relationship is not what it once was. It used to be a hand in hand, you know, one hand can't clap kind of relationship mm-hmm. where you remember when sounds used to play big rhythms on dub, you don't even hear no 45s on the rhythm yet, but they're juggling the rhythm on dub, car the producer get up. You know what I'm saying to you? Or you'll hear the artist, like a bunty killer, DJing some lyrics on a dub plate, and the 45 will come out like eight months later. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you're done here upon dub plate already, and the whole of the big song them have that. Mm-hmm. That part of the game is not what it once was. That's the first thing, other than the soundboard tunes, that's what stands out to me. What would be the third thing? I guess you could say sounds playing on their own machines, which in a lot of ways is logistically not possible unless you're talking local clashes. But yeah, sounds playing on their own machines was a thing. You know what I mean? You know that it was a thing. That was just as much part of the clash as the songs you were playing. You know what I mean? You saw now play a good, you could have the body set a dub, not the world. The crowd is moving from where your boxes are and they're going to the other side where the other boxes are and they're staying over there mm-hmm. to the point where you over there saw doo, doo, doo. a press sound effect. I tried get yourself back into the dance and the other sound is like, yo, this is not play about three nights. Why go out and play? And they just keep playing and the crowd is just into it. Mm-hmm. And I'll so you know you're dead. When's the last time you've seen a sound after pack up their boxes and their tunes in the middle of the dance no and the way. crowd just parked? The crowd part and you see the Monday my lift dead sword box on a caragot. You don't see that no more. <laughs> Not at all. But even and the fact zone. that you said them playing on their own sound, even if it's not on their own sound, the fact that it's more or less on a cable with CDJs and a laptop, it doesn't give you the same essence of you remember when there was two racks or three racks. Take out the bass. You have to take out the bass. There's a little yep. bit of echo on the mic. There's just, mm-hmm. and you know when to punch back in the bass in a certain parts where the dubs are getting mixed down. It, exactly. It's, there, there's certain little intricate things, I think, that for some reason or another, they just kind of left the scene. And the scenes never had that same feeling to it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those Those are the things that stand out to me. Mostly. I'm not going to lie. As a youth growing up, listening to even Trooper, mm-hmm. you know, on those Jaro audios and just hearing the vibes that he would have. You see, the first time I played on Kilimanjaro sound, it made perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And I said, boom, oh, now I understand why Trooper is so high. Because mm-hmm. you play and you know, you have the tables here and, and the bass key is right there. And you don't, listen, like those things, you know, like I said, those are the things that stand out to me because taking out the bass was important because, you know, when the rhythm don't drop yet and you have the bass up and it's just voice, you'll hear the feedback coming through the turntable if it's not, you know, set properly. You know what I'm saying to you? So you have to take out the bass and then when the rhythm drop on, yeah, those things, these things are emulated in other cultures. Okay. EDM, you know, with the rise. And then the drop, when the baseline comes in, everybody just loses their shit. These things are emulated in other cultures. Mm-hmm. They got that from us, in essence. But I don't know why it still doesn't exist in that 
cultured, or even if it's not in clash or even juggling, it just, I'm talking, these are little minute things that make the it big exists. difference. You understand? It exists on the, it exists on the dub scene. Mm -hmm. Rest in peace to the legend and icon, Jashaka. It exists heavy on that scene. Heavy. Jashaka and Abashanti and Irish and Steppers and Channel One and them sort. Brother, you're still in your guy, UK, brother. And, all right. I don't know if they still have this because it's been many years since I've been to Nottingham Carnival. But the last time I went, there was a section that they kind of called the revival section, so to speak. And a them sound over there, so stream up. Bad man, you see when them man, they are playing some song, and bass line drop. I remember they playing on their own machine, you know. Mm -hmm. When bass line drop, brother, players mash up. And then they have a style where they have a star where they'll just take all the highs out and you just hear bass alone. If you listen to the song Tired to get back to the EP, mm -hmm. that is the um the way I mix down Tired is I wanted to emulate that with the low pass filter. You just hear yeah. I was emulating that. Like we're talking about, you know, things that are, you know, not in the culture anymore. Mm -hmm. prevalent you could see but yeah that's one of them but in that dub world mm -hmm. nah, man, they do that, that still exists yeah man and you know like i said pioneers like jashaka being mm -hmm. you know the one you know the late jashaka is like perfect example you know the man practically pioneered the genre of drum and bass mm -hmm. you know so yeah man they, they still do those things in that world that still exists mm -hmm. um yeah, you go into that world, you'll see it. You'll see it. I just and they're playing on their own machines, and their machines sound good. Hmm. Because know, so. I don't know why those things left. Cause even talking about Jaro, I remember. Remember, Jaro had a dub studio, and you could go and cut the dubs. The dubs were cool and everything, but there was some extra. I don't know if it was a DBX or whatever troop he used to put on those dubs, bro. On the Jaro dubs, particular, what they're playing those, bro. It's like a Totally different world you're in right away. Because back then, back then, and not to sound too nostalgic, but the dub plates that were cut were pretty much mixed and tuned to play on your sound system. Mm -hmm. So if I next, it, it got to the point where if I next man, I play a theme dub, then by your sound, it's not even sound. Oh, it's just sound. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dub, then that sound good. You know what I mean? When the truth of the matter is, the sound is tuned for, you know, Cause yeah, you listen to them dubs that come out of the dub store and you hear when you hear them Panjara sound, brother. Mm. Yeah, different thing. You know, Stone Love is another example, but yeah, man. Though not to digress too far, but those are the things that stand out to me when you talk about, you know, things that are no longer prevalent in the culture of what they once were. Mm -hmm. That made that made some of the biggest difference. And even talking about selectors now, what who are about three selectors that you know are they're underrated, but whenever anybody bucks these go, buck them up, they're deadly. But for some reason, they just don't get that glory that like a lot of other people get. Three underrated selectors, what? Um, I think this entire generation of selectors mm -hmm. is underrated because so many of the attendees of Clash are still fans of the... Panta Mataran, Lynx, Trooper, Squingy. Mm -hmm. So 
instead of appreciating what this current crop of selectors bring to the table in and of itself, like in a vacuum. Mm. They have a tendency to compare what they're seeing from these guys now to the nostalgic time of, you know, back then when they were 18 to 25 years old. Mm. So in that regard, I think all of these, the, the Dapolis, the Jimmy Spliffs, the Polyfamous, the Ajax, the Jamie Hypes, as, as, as much glory as they get, and those are just a few examples, there are more. As much glory as they get, I think they're all underrated to a certain extent. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, that, that's just my personal belief because, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll see, like, there's a large contingent of Clash fans, and this is all my opinion, that, you know, like I said, they have a tendency to compare these guys to the era's past 10, 15, 20, 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. Let's just say 15, 20, 25, 30 years ago. They'll tend to compare what they're seeing now to back then. It's not necessarily a fair comparison, you know, because it's like, it's like the debate between LeBron and Jordan. You know what I mean? It's like, how are you going to really compare that, you know, so to speak? You just kind of have to appreciate the greatness that exists right now, this very second. I say, yeah, man, now you jump back, mm -hmm. you know? So as much glory as they get, I'm not saying they don't get no glory. Mm -hmm. I just, my opinion is they're all underrated to an extent because of what I just illustrated. But I think once the business separated and juggling sounds were over there and class sounds were over here, it kind of, it nobody got that full 100% support. Because remember, if the crowd is now split, there's people, because remember, there's people that go to juggling dances that's never been to a clash ever. Just like there's people that go to clashes, you'll never see them in a clash dance. So if there's 100 people to go around, there's only 50 people over here and 50 people over here. So nobody's going to get the real 100% are you because the whole crowd is not in any one place in the first place. That separation in one way or another has always existed. Um, in the sense that, in the sense that you had the party sounds that would play the different genres of music. And then you had the, hardcore reggae sound system them. So the party sounds back then were known as discotheques. Mm -hmm. So they would have disco at the end of their name. You know, for instance, Road International Disco. That's why Renaissance is Renaissance Disco. It's a, it's a tribute to, you know, them time there. So you had, let's say, for instance, let's say you have party sounds like a, like a Gemini and a Metromedia and them sounds. And then you would have your hardcore sounds like your bodyguard, your, um, let's say your bodyguard, your Silverhawk, your Jaro. And then you had, and I think, in my opinion, mm -hmm. I think the first hybrid sound that used to sit in the middle would be Stone Love, as far as Jamaica is concerned. In New York, it was the same thing. You had Road International, Dubmaster, Sting International, on the party, club side of the thing. Then you have your LP, Addis, Earth Ruler, on that side. And then in the middle was Afrique. Afrique. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So what you tend to have is, you know, a lot of sounds now try to toe that line of, you know, hybrid sounds. But there was always the party discotheque versus the dance culture. There was always a separation between party, club, 
dance. When you go to a party, socialize, look girl, have fun, wash your car. The man them cut them here, them cut them here, you know, clean clothes, rotating. Club, same thing. Look, girl, beat, juice. Music is kind of the, I don't want to say the backdrop, but it's a part of the whole entire social experience. Mm-hmm. When y'all got dance, y'all got a few years old. You're going to listen to the sound that is on the flyer. That is the reason why you're stepping out of your house. There's a big difference between, yo, let's go to this cooler set or like we got black and white versus BSI, this and Soul Supreme up the street. I got techie, I'm sure that. You know what I'm saying to you? Like, like how Barrington Levy said in Here I Come, when you go to Volcano, it's like a stage show. That's how you used to treat dance, like a show you go, but you're listening to the sound system in concert. Mm-hmm. So what you find now is the uptown mixed drinks, all genres, party culture, themes, color schemes, that has come more to the forefront. Let's keep it real. That's how the girl is there. Mm-hmm. And then you don't really see too much dance I keep like one time. And that therein lies the difference. The only remnant of dance you see nowadays is Clash. And, you know, as far as in the forefront, you know, you go to Jamaica, same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, dance not really keep a tone more than so much. If you want to dance, you have to go country. You have to go country. You have to go in the bush, mm-hmm. you know? So there's them kind of things. And that separation has always existed. It's just gotten more and more. The gulf between the gotten wider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because even, as you said, the, the Geminis and, and the inner cities here over here and the bodyguards and silver Oaks here, they were still doing, Gemini was clashing inner city and these guys over here and the stone of the Metro media. And so was the bodyguards and the silver Oaks. It's just mm-hmm. now it's, it's like they took out that whole clash element out of juggling. And it's like, there's juggling. And then there's sound clash. There's no, we're going to do what they do over there, or he's going to do what they do over here. It's just everybody's basically, this is what I do, or this is what you do right here. Right. And that that part of the separation has, you know, it's hindered a lot of the progress because let's be honest here. Mm -hmm. A lot of of our favorite clash audios that we listen to are skirmishes that broke out in juggling dances. Of course. You understand what I'm saying to you? Dances were sound and sound just did it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one and two things go on. Let's keep it honest, bro. Renaissance used to do it all the time, you know, with your, your Adonis and your, you know what I'm saying? They used to have their little skirmishes. Everybody have them dubbed. Everybody a juggle. But, you know, when them ready, one and two speech fly and dub box open up on that part of the game. Yeah, you don't really see that as much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of gotten relegated to, you know, the side street of the culture. But yeah, yeah. Like I said, the gulf has gotten wider between party and dance. It's gotten way wider um, than it than it once was. For you sure. Know what I mean, but every now and then when the jugglers when the all right, we know when people say, you know, we need more young people in clash and blah, blah, blah. Let the popular juggling juggling selectors. Let them start clashing each other as so well. Let them start clashing each other. Mm-hmm. So, um, there was a dance the um, last year, late last year. There was a tag team clash in the DMV. Um, 
it was franchise, DJ franchise from Virginia, along with, damn it, I can't remember who his tag team partner was. This is bad. I didn't research this beforehand, so you know this is coming off the top. But I can't remember who his tag team partner was. Needless to say, it was franchise, and it'll come back to me. Mm-hmm. versus DJ Polo and Prince Royal. All of them are popular jugglers in that D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. Mm-hmm. And they did a tag team clash against each other. You can find the audio online. If you listen to that audio, it hype. Mm-hmm. The audio is hype. The crowd is into it. It's beer, woman, and other dance. And it, it's a clash. It's a hardcore, you know what I'm saying? You want to fly. And brother, it, it was a very, when you listen to the audio, it's a very exciting clash to listen to and it just shows the potential of what could be if the prominent jugglers mm-hmm. decide to just take a clash every now and then they do something like that in new york called invasion where every now and then the steely bashments and those guys will you know flex some dubs here and there but yeah but generally it's us over here you're over there and you you do your thing we'll do our thing over here and that's just how it works generally yeah it's almost like two different crowds almost Mm -hmm. um whereas at one point in time it it wasn't necessarily like that i mean the crowds were there but like i said they weren't as far apart Mm -hmm. so you would see dances like a biggest odyssey and adonai or jaro and alaska Mm-hmm. or uh you know what i'm saying to you like you would see dances like that you don't really see that as much anymore another hybrid sound that was wicked them time there was travelers mm-hmm. yes right down the middle mm-hmm. juggle war you know master lee juxy killer you know what i'm saying to you box on them malcolm on, x mm-hmm. malcolm x mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying from stone love the travelers but so so he gets you know, you know master lee went on cord red the rest is history mm-hmm. um big up chris diamond by the way because he is he is one of the selectors i can think of right now that juggles very regular mm-hmm. but in rewarto are two of the few songs that you'd find in both worlds mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. listen Rewarto. You've had a crazy career when it came to Clash. Is there any one song or selector that you just never got to Clash? It's just for some strange reason, this dance here never happened with either this song in particular or this selector. I had this conversation. I had this conversation a couple months ago on Soundchat Radio with Puma. Mm-hmm. Never got to play LP 101. Never. Never. Never got to play LP one on one. That would have been a fight. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a fight. Mm. It's a fight to the bad man. Yeah. When did yeah. Ennis Brown them start fly? Come on, man. They have a lot, and so do we. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it becomes a situation where, yeah, that 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 dance would have been a fight. That's one dance I can think of where I'm just like, mm. that would have been a classic. You know, and it's not like neither sound wasn't up for it. It's just timing, circumstances. You know the thing already. So, yeah, man, that that's one that stands out to me. Like I said, Puma and I just had that conversation. Yeah, you know, to the point where 
he was trying to draw me out of retirement. Like he wanted to like make it happen now in our old age. And I'm just like, nah, bro. <laughs> like, nah, bro, that ship kind of sailed already. And it was, when you say it was just one of those things where it was just, it just never happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Poison Art and LP have clashed before, but not one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Poison Art LP Jaro, that was in 98. Mm-hmm. And the dance never finished because, all right, let me just say it because this is what happened. Mm-hmm. LP was playing and a bottle got thrown on dance done right now. So mm-hmm. that's what happened. Um, but yeah, the dance never really got finished. Mm-hmm. But yeah, one-on-one, it's never happened. Like I said, that would have been a fight. Mm-hmm. That's that a hell of a fight. Now that you say, I don't, yeah, I don't really remember LP Poison Dirt's name in the same dance per se like mm-hmm. that. Right. Right. We've juggled plenty of times. Big up Killer D. Like, with, yeah, man, we'll slap with some party, regular, some dance, and mash up the place. But mm-hmm. yeah, we've never clashed one on one. Like I said, that would have been something special. Mm-hmm. Got you. This business, who would you say is one of the greatest dub cutters when it comes to cutting dubs in this business? Babyface. Mm-hmm. Babyface. Ricky Trooper. Um. I want to say Musclehead. I want to say Musclehead. I like a lot of Saxon stubs. Mm-hmm. Some of them, I feel like they should have used the original rhythms instead of the knockover versions that they used. Because the, the, the build-over versions didn't really slap as hard as the originals. But Saxon has some nice, nice tune. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was Black or Dread or whoever else that cut a lot of Coxon's dubs. But Coxon has some awesome dub. <laughs> you know what I mean? They got some, mm, mm-hmm. you know. Let me, that, that whole UK sound system culture, we'd have to do a whole nother interview for me to discuss my appreciation for what they do over there. I could but, tell um, that you really, there's something about it that you really love when it comes to UK. Because even somebody like a Josh Shaka, you talk to most people that's in the scene, they've never been to, we all know who Josh Shaka is. And I mean, heard the name forever. But the Say they've been to a Jashaka dance? No, bro. Yeah, man. It's different. <laughs> it's different. It's a vibes. It's mm-hmm. a vibes. Um, but yeah, dub cutters, the two that stand out. Mm-hmm. Babyface, Ricky Trooper. Um, honorable mention to DJ Mark. Wicked dub voice as well. Um, Redman from Paisnot. Let's be honest here. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my sound in there. You know, come so bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Redman. Um, Dapoli is another good dub voice as well, innocent. But, yeah, yeah. As far as, like, yeah, the first two names is Trooper and Babyface. Okay, so then when you're saying Trooper and Babyface, was there a dub that you said, okay, you heard this dub here that said, okay, fuck it. These guys are the greatest right here. If there was a dub that Trooper played on Jar or Sound Trooper days, or Face had played where he said, fuck, bro, these guys. Let's start hard. with Jaro. Let's start mm-hmm. with Jaro. Have you ever heard their Garnet Seal collection? Boss. You ever heard that disgusting make a joyful noise yes. cut that Jaro has? Like when you play the song, when the dub plays, especially in a big sound, you literally, you have goosebumps on your arms when you listen to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't even explain to you what kind of vibe Garnet Silk was on at that point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trooper. 
you know, was, was respect to the sound and the selector. We can't play them music. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but that dub, if you if you remember, that dub is basically all bassy no bar. From from a ton of point. That was the first time bass. you heard that version of that um of that real rock rhythm. Mm-hmm. I have the actual version with the drums in it, and it sounds completely different than that version. Mm. To to this day, it's known as the jar or real rock. Mm-hmm. Um, now babyface, where do I even begin? Where do I even begin? Mm-hmm. You start talking about these brown medleys like Dennis Brown, Barry Brown, Jewel Brown, yeah. <laughs> all one song. You know what I'm saying? You start talking about, you know, like let's. You're not even gonna mention the Bunty Mega Mix. That's just that's another one in particular. But that was just... like 30 years ahead of its time. Because remember, there was no real digital, like no MPCs available at that time. There when he was doing yeah. that stuff. Yeah, he would do it on a four track. Mm. He would do it on a four track, bro. You know what I'm saying? You put the you know saying the original tracks, and then you bounce them to one track. You open up three more, and they. My man's a different level of genius. Yo, big up like I'm fierce, though. I, uh, you'll never hear, there'll never be a point in time where I do an interview and not big that man up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Trooper and Lion Face. And that's just, just quick examples. We can do a whole one and a half hour interview on just their genius alone. You know, like that's easy. Because you have a way of articulating things the way that we all see it and know it that way, you know. But it's not until somebody puts it into a box where you say, hold on, you know what? I've never seen it that way. Or, okay, I understand why I like it. Or, okay, I understand why that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Because I'm a nerd, bro. Like, let's be honest here. You, you study it differently. <laughs> yeah, I'm a nerd, man. I'm a cool nerd, but I'm a yeah. nerd. So, you know, but no, in, in all jokes aside, like, yeah, man, that man, that genius just different when it comes to cutting dubs, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I said, Redman is another one, man. I listen to some of them dubs in Poison Art Box where, you know, even Trooper himself will tell you and anybody else who's willing to listen that no the rhythm them when he used to cut jar or dub a poison that didn't get the rhythm them from. You know what I'm saying? So it it he'll tell you that. As a matter of fact, I got a video receipt mm-hmm. of that. So, you know, anybody who wants to question it, I'm pointing right here at the camera. I got something for you. Sorry. <laughs> but yo, we can talk about sound system and our love of the culture for hours on top of hours, for days, weeks, and months. But to bring it back to it, the original purpose, this is the reason why Dreddy and I decided to do this EP. Mm-hmm. It was to try our absolute best to encapsulate all of this into five songs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and just go from there. So that, that was five songs that can fit into modern post-world clash sound system culture mm-hmm. you know what i mean i'm big up the sound systems by the way because i got a whole nother batch of working hours specifically for them because what a lot of people don't know because mm-hmm. they're not really following you see you have the sound them where i clash with them dub you got sound systems out here that are stringing up their machines and them are war them one another mm-hmm. over a machine but i don't a machine 
You know what I'm saying? And trust me, it's happening on a regular basis. Big up Acid, big up Cosmic, you know what I'm saying? Venom Y2K, um, you know, LP done built over a nice machine. Mm -hmm. um, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of sounds. Black Rhino, Desperado, um, Neptune, Loveline. There's a lot of sounds that, you know, people are not really familiar with as far as sound clash is concerned. Mm -hmm. But the man them have them machine and them not ram for string it up in some park or some parking lot or some warehouse and slap where the people then with bass line and you know and it, it's an aspect of the culture that's being embraced and it's incredible. Mm -hmm. It's really incredible. And and it's good that you you're actually involved or you can look around and say, okay, this is what's happening. This is happening here. Everything so you could basically encapsulate encapsulate it into a song because again mm -hmm. the ep working hours when you really yeah the rhythms are good when you even listen to it casually it's still great but when you actually sit down and listen it almost line for line word for word you could tell it's almost like you gave them a encyclopedia of sound clash the good the not so good and the different all in these five songs here that was the that was the aim that was the goal mm -hmm. That was the goal. It was like, I mean, it's almost like doing customs about the business mm. as opposed to doing customs about, you know, a specific song. I was just doing customs about different aspects of the business. In essence, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it's that because the process that I use to make customs is the same process that I use to write songs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just, you know, arguments and structure. It's different because, you know, customs don't really have no structure. It's just, it's more like a mixtape freestyle kind of shit. But you're saying, yeah, man, it, it was just, it was, it was just to, like, like you said, just encapsulate our sentiments about the culture. And at the same time, brandish Dreddy's production ability, my songwriting ability and mixing ability and all that other good stuff. And you know, just kind of put it all together and just say, here, this is our art. Listen to it and hopefully you enjoy it and think it's cool because we thought it was cool. Right there. That's it. I got one last conversation before we end this chapter of this conversation. Because you know you still, there's so many more times you got to sit down and come on the platform and hold a sound class reason because you're the we might have to do a documentary to be that's honest. that's what i'm telling you you're you're <laughs> like the our resident sound clash expert when there's something going on who do you call call tarantula he'll he'll make you know what's going on you understand oh boy <laughs> good battery different listen there's a hot topic where for some reason i don't see a lot of people in the space whether it's in dancehall reggae sound clash or anything really talking about this i'm talking about ai artificial intelligence right <laughs> me, me personally i don't even think i know factually without a doubt this is going to be one of the most disruptive technology to hit the space and it's like nobody's seen it unless it's people behind the scenes talking but the general public they're not speaking about this what's your take on ai all right let's be honest here all right for those who don't know Poison Heart was the first sound to use a computer in Clash. Mm -hmm. Okay. We were actually nerdy and techy enough to decide we were going to do this. And we watched 99.99997% of sounds hate mm -hmm. on the technology as it 
you know, was, ah, that laptop, computer thing, I got popped on, you know? And this is before Serato was even invented. At the time, it was Final Scratch, which, by the way, thinking back to it, Final Scratch was, man, that program was a clusterfuck. But that's a whole other conversation. The thing is, a lot of these sound boys are not necessarily nerdy enough, you know, You'll hear them talking about AI because, you know, it's a popular conversation, trending topic, all of these different things. But let's be honest here. Come on, muscle. You really think a lot of these soundboys are really nerdy enough to embrace that kind of tech and use it to its fullest potential? All right. Let me give you an example. This is an idea that I brought up in a WhatsApp group about Clash maybe seven, eight years ago. My idea was this. I'm just going to show you how nerds think versus John Q public, right? So the idea in set, in essence, was, you know, Haikal, when you're juggling on those big clash stages and you see the selector and boom, and then behind on the big projector screen, you'll see the logo mm-hmm. on the sound, like whatever sound that's playing. Just imagine if some selector was smart enough to either have a separate computer, you know, or hook up, like use video Serato and run a video out to the projector. Imagine if a sound was juggling in a clash, playing their round. And while they're on stage playing in the background, you see memes dishing the other sound on the back of the big dirty screen while they're talking and clashing. Mm -hmm. Just a bunch of real funny ass memes, just dissing other sounds while they're playing against them. You know how long Serato video has been out? It's been out for at least 15 years. Why hasn't that happened yet? Why has no one even played a video dub play yet in a game? Plus, you, it's Tarantula, it's, I almost, I love talking to you, but I don't like talking to you at the same time. Listen, I've told people years ago, if anybody popped out a screen and there was a, and they had a custom dub plate, a video custom, that would level the entire dance where, listen, they would be automatically be the hottest sound for the next 10, 20 years. Just because you played a video custom dub play. And all you have to do is show up early. I'll make sure say a thing set up on Sato. And you have somebody in your crew, a techie guy, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? To, to make sure that gets facilitated. That's it. So if they have an embrace culture and technology that's been out 15, 16 years, what makes you think they're going to jump on this AI wave as soon as it pop up? Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Second, with AI, right? Let's say, all right, they managed to emulate some voices. And the people are going to know it's AI, obviously, because for copyright reasons, you know, you're going to have to do it because let's be honest, you put out a duplet and you don't say it's AI and the artist is like, yo, I didn't voice that. Your credibility is done. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying to you? Like I didn't voice that dub. Mm-hmm. I didn't do no combination with Drake. I don't know what they talking about. Just, just for example, <laughs> cause there's AI Drake dubs going around. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that combination. I don't know. What do you think is going to happen with that? If AI dubs start getting passed off as real dubs, don't you think the video dub is going to come into play now? Because sounds are going to have to find receipts one way or another. Mm -hmm. Exactly my point. I'll tell you another thing that ends up getting ushered into dance. Or should I say back into dance? 
mm-hmm. if this AI thing really takes off the way so many people are anticipating. Artists have to start DJ Alive and so on again. Mm. What's the best way to defeat AI? Mm-hmm. Real life. You understand what I'm saying to you? Bring an artist to come DJ upon your soul. Mm-hmm. You remember when um they did the when dubs was nice? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you bring an artist. Bring an artist, mm-hmm. artist come mm-hmm. DJ upon your soul, bad man. That's what it's going to come back to. Because like I said, the only thing that's better than artificial intelligence is natural. So you bring the artist in real life. You have artists at DJ upon your soul again. That, that is also a possibility that can happen. Mm-hmm. They can even do virtual appearances. You know, you get some a venue with some good Wi-Fi. You set up a good streaming network. Artists log in on Zoom. Boom. You DJing on the rhythm, I make speech, whatever the case may be on Zoom. Artists can sit on them yard and do and do three or four or five different virtual appearances in one night and collect him feet. Let's be honest here, bro. The possibilities are limitless, but again, it brings me back to the same question. How many of these sounds do you think are nerdy and techy enough to fully embrace the potential of artificial intelligence? Furthermore, mm-hmm. how many of these sounds are going to get phased out as a result of AI? Mm. But I think there, every point that you made is amazing and makes sense. But this is another part that I think is going to really come catching up people. Cause we seen a preview of this when it came to splicing. If they could have just fit in somebody's voice in a splice, imagine what they're going to do with AI. To me personally, I think it's going to be like, if the quote unquote right set of people get hold of AI, I think they're actually going to tell the crowd, say, listen, these are really AI dubs or whatever the case is, but listen to my creativity, what I right. did with it, where they have a Michael Jackson, Biggie Smalls, Gregory Isaacs, and Bounty Killer combination. You know what I mean? You know what that, what you know what that is? You know what essentially that is? Mm-hmm. It comes right back to 1996, 97 again. That's a remix, bro. Mm. Your 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 Delano, your Babyface, your DJ Kareem, your Super Dubs, Black Chinese. All over again. You're basically making remixes. It comes what? right back around to something just a, a a more a more futuristic George Jetson version mm-hmm. of the remixes of the past. You understand what I'm saying to you? That's essentially what it is. With your with your name, we saw Salam Remy take Tony Braxton's "You're Making Me High" and put it on his metric rhythm, and then Mekara Vice inverse. Mm. We saw that happen. Yeah, Tony had no idea the song existed until it buzzed, and she was just like, "I mean, obviously they cleared it. Let's be mm. honest, but she loved it mm-hmm. after it was done. When she originally did, you're making me high. That was the furthest thing from her mind. Mm. You know what I'm saying to you? But she loved the version with Cabra to this day. She still loves it. So it it becomes a situation where you're remixing at that point. Mm-hmm. So you're your Renaissance now. You're Copper Shot. Mm-hmm. You're Black Shiny." with your with your name in the remixes that's where that's where i think it's gonna be it's gonna get yeah. very sticky very quickly mm-hmm. but like i said mm-hmm. it'll get sticky quick with the with the with the sound systems that have members that are tech savvy enough mm-hmm. to do this a lot of these dudes don't even use cash app bro hmm. <laughs> a lot of them don't even know how to sell i got to about ai 
<laughs> oh, you're gone so far. Hey, who? How are you? so. Yeah, man. Not for them sitting right here in this this beloved country here. Not selling a cash up, nothing. They they going to Western Union and MoneyGram doing it the old-fashioned way. Paying exorbitant fees. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying to you? So, like, let's be honest here. You talking about AI? Mm-hmm. Are you serious? <laughs> I, I'll we'll revisit this conversation five years from now and see exactly what what unfolded. How many songs are still playing 192 bit rate MP3s when they play out? Mm. And you can hear the difference. It sounds like a YouTube rip. <laughs> that's how that's how I know you know because me personally, my ears, you see, from CDs came in, and a lot of people didn't. You'd hear the mix one thing and it was totally dead and muffled. As you said, it was like the MP3 quality was terrible, but they're still playing it like it was good. It's like, mm, I, it's, it's, it's going to get wild out there. You have mana play some dub right now. And it's not, it is blatantly not the artist. And the man, I play it like it real bad, man. It's those guys you think mm-hmm. are going to say AI. You almost say Alan Ivinson, you have to act. <laughs> it must be that AI because it can't be artificial intelligence. <laughs> Gotta be Alan Ivinson. Oh, oh, what? Listen, Ben, like to be quite honest with you, it's a topic that I plan to broach in the next EP in, mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I said, these are just the songs. Yeah, I ain't heard the skits yet. <laughs> <Bruh>. <laughs> There's going to be some skits periodically dropping throughout the year discussing various different topics. You know what I'm saying? Like on some, you know, big up curly locks and two locks on some real two the twins type shit. There's going to be some skits. Or some things I got talk. So tell them things I can't fit in a two minute song. Where could they check out the EP when it drops and all that stuff? Leave some handles where they could check out with some behind the scenes stuff. Leave all the information right now. The floor is yours before I get you out of here from this. Another no chapter. Problem. Sitting down with um, you. Yeah, trust me. Uh, all the streaming platforms, you know, your, your Apple Music, your Spotify, your YouTube Music, like all of it. it mm-hmm. You know, any streaming platform, you can go and stream it. You can even go to the iTunes store and buy it if you want, like, five bucks if you want to have your own copy to where even when your Wi-Fi now work, you can still play it. You know what I'm saying? Like all of them kind of vibes. So it becomes a situation where any one of those platforms, um, official Dreddy, you know, for producer Dreddy, who by the way has produced for countless people. The man has his own website, officialdreddy.com where, you know, dreddymusic.com actually. And, um, his whole discography is there. He's a lot of records that are familiar to enough dancehall fans. Clean every day, my wheel cup, and all of those songs. That's dready. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, enough things, Buster Rhymes, like all kinds of people. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's official dready. That's his handle on social media. Mine is Tarantula, as you know. You can find me basically everywhere. But yeah, the EP is available on all all digital platforms. Every single one of them. You know what I mean? Like I said, May 19th is was the release date so yeah. you know what i mean got you I, I can't wait till they hear leave clash alone listen you guys are gonna have this on repeat remember where you heard it here first all right leave yeah. clash alone 
Yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be a thing. Like I like I said, the number one question that I anticipate mm-hmm. from this is I win really I talk. <laughs> and the answer again is nobody in particular. Any similarity to real persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This is a fictitious work of art. But some of this shit might have actually happened. <laughs> Ah, muscle. Durantula, it's always an energy whenever you pull up. As I said, you know the door is always open. We still got so much more things to talk about in the future. But again, thank you again for sitting on and talking to us about the work and our EP, answering some sound class related questions that a lot of people have. They don't really get to go through. And again, get to know some more stuff about Tarantula and what he's done in the business thus far. Yeah, man. Respect muscle. You don't know. Hey, man. Big up to everybody watching. Working Hours, Volume 1, Dreddy and Tarantula, collaboration. You know, one producer, one artist. Yeah, man. We just, you know, just taking it back to, you know, them weird, but in a modern kind of way, just bringing something that's been missing from the culture back, in our opinion, just trying to, you know, inject uh, our own contribution to the thing. Because that's really all it is at the end of the day, just contributing. Yeah, contribution. Let me give you an outro and get you out of here from another amazing, wicked conversation. All right? Yeah, on respect. Bomb. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast, and we are out for now. Working on us. Okay, so now that we're recording, we're going to start the interview with the intro, and then from there, what we're going to do is we're going to start because <laughs> use that as an outtake. You have to use that as an outtake. You're, you're a different character, bro. You make sure that you use this part of the video as an outtake somewhere on YouTube and make sure that this reach the masses. Because when this touch ruined, I tell you. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusica.com.